really, we all know that growth comes from a little bit of pain, not physical pain, but mental pain and struggle. And so the ability or your willingness to kind of let your guard down and try something a little bit more challenging can be the difference between you improving on mechanics and and gaining new strength or skill and you just kind of remaining where you're at. Hello and welcome back to episode number two of the 416 Fitness Club podcast. Megs, we're back. We're back. Episode two. Okay. So I guess this project is still going. We had enough listeners the first time that we decided to uh, bring back episode number two. How do you feel about that? I mean, pretty good. Maybe like a little nervous because I'm pretty sure I told you I didn't know that anyone would listen and people did listen. So (laughs) They did listen. It was actually overwhelming. We got a ton of positive kind of reviews on it. And, you know, many people are excited about, you know, potential topics that we could be talking about and just kind of hearing more us looking behind the curtain of the whys and hows that we do things. So I thought it was super cool. And we're uh, very grateful for everyone who listen. So today, we've got a pretty cool topic. Um, we're going to be talking, get a little bit sciencey, kind of a little bit theoretical in, you know, CrossFit. So it's going to be a good lesson. I hope you guys will learn a lot. But before we get to that, you wanted to do some shout outs because we had our 416 classic last week. And it uh, was a huge success. Went off without a hitch. So uh, I'll leave it to you to kind of give your congrats. Awesome. Yes. Huge shout outs to everyone that participated in the 416 Classic from the competitors to the people that volunteered as well as came and just cheered on all of our competitors. It did go off very well. It was a really exciting evening. Um, And we just want to shout out uh, those that uh, showed up because that's a big part of it, right? Just showing up, even just the gym, we showed up. It's a little nerve wracking to go and lift on your own in front of everyone. And all of them did it very, very well. Um, But big shout out to our podium winners. We had Danielle, Vanessa, and Courtney in our first, second, and third for our ladies. And then we hit Brandon, Matt, and Ted for our first, second, and third for our male competitors. So huge shout out to you guys. Um, Amazing job, amazing lifts. Um, and then another big shout out to uh, Darren, who has only been with us for a short while, however, has kind of committed uh, very well to focusing on mechanics. So we'll get more on that later. But uh, he has shown up really hard and he was our most improved athlete um, and got an award for that. So shout out Darren. Amazing job on those lifts. Um, and then big shout out to Elvis, Whitney, and uh, Coach Marino, all three coaches who judged and just did such a great job announcing all our athletes and judging them and working them through each of those lifts. Awesome. Yeah, congrats to all the winners and everyone that participated. Um, also, double shout out for me to Coach Whit and Marino, who ran a super successful Olympic weightlifting program that led into the Classic and those who took part in that program ended up crushing their numbers um, when they took part in the classic. So great work to all involved. All right. So today's topic, 
tried to make the title of the topic as polarizing as possible so that it would grab people's attention. But what I came up with is, is intensity holding you back from improving your fitness? So it's a super interesting topic because when people think of CrossFit, they immediately think of intensity. Um, it's just natural to think of that, you know, from the images and videos that, you know, an outsider may see of CrossFit is people moving very quickly um, in workouts, pushing as hard as possible. And it usually ends with them kind of lying on the floor with a sweat angel or, you know, if things go really bad, could be outside letting out their lunch. But that's that's generally what people think of from an outsider's perspective when they think of CrossFit. And intensity is an important part of the model. But as we're going to discuss now, it's actually not everything. It's actually more of a just a piece of the puzzle in the overall kind of definition of, you know, you as a as a person getting fitter. And so if I'm going to kind of start going down the rabbit hole definitions, for those of you that don't know, CrossFit is defined as a program that involves constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. So I guess we're shooting ourselves in the foot because high intensity is in the (laughs) definition. But at the end of the day, the movements that are involved, these functional movements, are really the building blocks of the program. And there's actually a bit of a hierarchy for development and growth when it comes to improving in CrossFit that many people you know, may just overlook. They might realize that it's there, but they might just overlook it and immediately just go for intensity. How fast can I do this workout? You know, How many reps can I do? How much weight can I lift? Um, but underneath of that, there is this framework. And this framework has priorities. It's basically a hierarchy of priorities. And it's known as mechanics consistency and intensity framework. And this framework in that order should be followed to ensure that you grow as an individual within CrossFit. So that what you do every day that you come into the gym actually leads to you improving your fitness and not potentially um, regressing in your fitness if you choose not to follow that hierarchy. How'd that go, Megs? That was a tough definition, but I know it's very good though. I think uh, the one piece I would even like point out that's super important with it is it's not even just you know people that do CrossFit that kind of make this mistake of missing the mechanics, consistency, and intensity. It is also you know on like within coaches as well. So it's um, a framework that we you know started out with and we got that baseline in learning and teaching and how to coach. Um, but we also can get lost in forgetting to incorporate that into our coaching, which is also why CrossFit can be in trouble because not all gyms are going to focus on that and prioritize that aspect. Totally agree. And you can actually pull this hierarchy outside of CrossFit completely. If you Mm -hmm. think of movement in general or a skill or like a different sport, this still applies. Like I like thinking about this like a golf swing. With golf, your swing is so technical, right? And if the first thing that you do when you start golf is just try to hit the ball as hard as possible, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to have great results. 
Yeah, right? I mean, I, I think that most uh, Greens people would prefer that I stay off of golf courses for that reason. Sure, but if you were to go down the kind of road to become a good golfer, the first place you'd want to start was learning the mechanics of your swing. And usually Absolutely. that's taught in chunks, it's taught in progression, it's taught at low speed, right? And that's what helps develop the foundation of you being able to eventually hit the ball really hard, you know, with a fast swing and hopefully in a precise kind of way. Um, So, you know, this, this idea of the hierarchy, it translates outside of just CrossFit. But as we go down and kind of look through the, the components of it, we can define it. And it starts with mechanics, as I mentioned. So when we talk about mechanics, think of the blueprint, like you're a blueprint for your body's movement. And it's going to encompass um, like technique, it's going to encompass proper execution, it's going to encompass like body awareness of the movements that we do in CrossFit. And I think it's important also to define movements more as movement patterns versus movements. And the reason that is, is because the movement patterns translate to different versions of a movement. So think air squat, front squat, overhead squat, back squat, right? Those things are just variations of a squat, but the movement pattern within is the same. So when we teach the mechanics of a squat, we have that in mind that eventually, as your mechanics improve, then we start adding, you know, a different array of variations of the movement. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's why it's so cool. Because it's like, you're never kind of done with, with things, you can create good mechanics in one, and then you just keep building or adding different implements or different loads or different pieces to create it um, differently. But the base, the base is always the same. Right. So we have got to learn the mechanics. And before you learn the mechanics, you can't move on. You don't want to move on. If you move on, you will stunt the growth. You will stunt your ability to be efficient and effective in a certain movement. And so when we dive deeper into the whole idea of mechanics, we want to think of things like, you know, how do you learn movement? You know, when I think of learning movement or whenever I, you know, for the longest time, I obviously coached movement, you want to pick points right? You want to pick, teach someone the start, teach them the finish. If they know, you know, how to get from, or what point A and point B is, then you teach them how to get between point A and point B. And that helps the body kind of grease the groove and understand like the awareness around the pattern that you're trying to learn. The secondary thing to that is, you know, as coaches, what we call points of performance or progressions. So when Megs is up there in the class, doing the warm up and she's teaching a progression for a clean the importance of of those progressions can't be overstated because ultimately the more that you you know take control of yourself learning and ingraining those positions and those progressions is only going to benefit your ability to complete a movement properly effectively efficiently which is going to lead to faster growth Uh So I'll keep going kind of down the chain here on mechanics, but, you know, from once you've learned progressions and you've taken your body through certain progressions, 
you know, we then want to, or we then get into what I would call kind of like the balancing act of how much do you challenge yourself before you progress? So Megs, do you have an example of like, you know, something in the gym or in a class that you see all the time that clients might continue to do the same progression over time when in actual fact, they should be moving, you know, up a level or challenge themselves a little bit more in a certain movement. Oh, yeah, I can think of a few. The one I'll target because I've seen it like most recently can often be and it's also a movement that a lot of people come into the gym and want is pull ups. Oh, yeah. Right. That's like a big one. It's like one of the number one goals that we kind of see. Um, and we have a variety of ways that you can start with pull-ups, but you know, we all know that base starting point is, is we hit that ring row and we want really good mechanics in that ring row. And that's kind of where we all start on that spectrum of things. Um, and you can kind of hang out there for a really long time and, and, and not progress that into something else. Um, or you have the ability to get off the rings and we start getting into a banded movement with a pull-up. Um, and the band, you know, kind of assists that movement through like the entire range of motion. And I've seen, you know, people be with the same band basically for very long periods of time and not mm -hmm. kind of be able to progress past that. It, it's a, it's a, tough one because that's that's one that we definitely see a lot of and we want to try and move so like and even if you move bands you start to like slowly get lighter bands um you still kind of like a lot of people will get to that last band that one little red thin band and with it they've got it and without it they can't do it right so you know obviously the coach plays a critical role in this in determining you know when, as they watch someone move, is it time for them to be challenged in a different way in order to continue their progression, you know, with that movement or with their fitness in general? And I think, you know, from a client standpoint, you know, most people immediately will think intensity, right? And so they choose a band because they can do more reps. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, Sometimes it's the right choice to choose the band where you're going to get less reps because you're going to challenge your body in a different way. You probably will get stronger. It may not seem as intense, but you're, you're in a learning phase at that point. You're still in a learning phase. And the only way for your body to adapt and grow is to actually challenge it where you're at a threshold where, you know, you could potentially fail um, and not complete a rep you know like you would with that in this case thicker band and i think kind of like the last one of the last points on on um mechanics is your own individual battle between capacity and new skills right it's it's one thing for the coach to identify it but you know you as a person completing you know, workouts and, and, and doing CrossFit multiple times a week, you need to take kind of stock of where you're at with certain things. And really, we all know that growth comes from a little bit of pain, not physical pain, but mental pain and struggle. And so the ability or your willingness to kind of let your guard down and try something a little bit more challenging can be the difference between you improving on mechanics and, and gaining new strength or skill and you just kind of remaining where you're at. 
Did I sum that up pretty good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, great. <laughs> so that's mechanics. And people will say, okay, well, you know, Dan, I don't want to sit there and, um, you know, just work on my squat mechanics. I want to squat 300 pounds. And I think what I'm telling you is, is that one of the fastest ways that you can get to a 300 pound squat is by improving your mechanics and, you know, not relearning, but just, you know, diving a little bit deeper into some of your individual weaknesses within a certain movement so that it's going to help you progress a little bit faster. And that progression of moving faster leads into the next part of this hierarchy, which is once you pass mechanics, we then want you to get consistent with those mechanics. And, you know, that can mean actually two things. So there's the idea of a single movement consistency. So that's you being able to kind of complete a movement on repetition, um, you know, in the same kind of set over and over. So maybe you haven't gone elsewhere to do another, like run 200 meters and come back and then go back to the movement. It's just you being in one place and being able to repeat the same mechanics of that movement over and over. And then there's the mechanical consistencies across rep sets, you know, workouts and days. So you don't just want to be consistent with how you complete a movement once in a workout. You want to be consistent over the course of a period of time. And if that consistency can seem very, you know, you know, true to the mechanics that we're looking for, then you know that you're ready to progress. Then you know that you're ready to add more intensity to that certain movement pattern. You got anything to add on that, Megs? I mean, so when you think about that consistency, are we also expecting perfect movement? No. I think perfect movement is probably impossible. <laughs> True. Um, I like to I like to think of it too as though like making sure that our mechanics look pretty sound and still um, like you know consistently hitting them, but also struggling through it right. a bit because there's that little bit of pushing the edge a little of that that movement pattern as well, not just not just having it be like quite beautiful with no struggle. Right. I mean, the other side of the, the idea of um, consistency in your mechanics is that, like I touched on earlier, the variations in the movements that you do, right? So if you're able to really be consistent in a certain movement me mechanic, in a movement pattern mechanic, when we add variations to those movements, you know, and this can be different types of equipment, so think, you know, back squat versus goblet squat, or even rep schemes, or even loading, which obviously in CrossFit, you're going to see a variation in loading across different workouts. It's that the adaptation demonstrates a deep, well, shows a deep understanding of that you have of the core movement pattern. And that's really what's going to help you progress. Because in CrossFit, we throw a ton of different elements at you. And so your ability to kind of go back and understand, well, this is just the same movement pattern that I have perfected over, you know, the course of my learning phase. It's just, there's just another challenge involved with heavier weight or more reps or, you know, where the weight is kind of loaded on me. Totally. That's why I mean, it's so cool. 
Yeah. It, ne- it never stops. And it, and it, it's fascinating to see how you can add, you know, a different position or complexity to it. And it completely can change. You know, you can have someone performing like an epic air squat, um, and then their front squat looks fantastic, but the back squat, the load on the back just completely derails it. Um, or the overhead right. squat, you know, like that one's the beautiful one where, you know, you can get really looking pretty good mechanic wise on the general squat function. And then as soon as you add that overhead squat, uh, things fall apart. Totally. And I mean, a big part of that is exposure to these movements and ultimately, you know, the importance of your training schedule, not just coming to the gym once a week. If you're not getting exposure to all this stuff, you know, consistently, then ultimately it's going to be really hard for you to be consistent in that movement pattern. I get the whole concept of it's like riding a bike, but usually that will take, you know, a couple more tries, you'll never be perfect at it when you jump right back into something that you haven't done in a while. So, you know, consistency doesn't just apply to you actually doing the movement. It applies to how often you're showing up to the gym, how many workouts are you doing on a weekly basis, where you're getting exposure to these things. Um, I think another cool thing about consistency and, and movement patterns that even the most you know, seasoned kind of member, person who's been doing CrossFit for a while or any kind of training, if you take kind of like an extended break from a certain movement pattern, your body is going to feel it, right? And so if we think of things that, you know, we don't really do that often, but we do sometimes, you feel it the next day because there's been no consistency in it. So like, you know, back in the day at 416, you know, or in CrossFit in general, honestly, single limb movements weren't a big part of it. Like I'm talking early days, like lunges, I don't think appeared until like 2016. And that's no joke. I'm not, I'm not lying on that, that it wasn't big in CrossFit programming. And so if you think of something like lunges, it's a squat pattern, right? But you don't do them often. And so if you if you worked out for two months straight and you didn't do one lunge and then lunges show up in the workouts, I guarantee the next day you're going to be sore. And I guarantee that your pattern in the lunge may not be as technically sound as you think it would be because you're just not spending much time doing it. Totally. And I will say, even though we lunge a reasonable amount at 416 I would say every time we program lunges I hear about it that week <laughs> it's like right. every time everyone's got sore quads sore butts a hundred percent I mean so like at the end of the day there is a little bit of complexity when you think of consistency and you know the concept of it is kind of straightforward, I guess. Achieve, but achieving consistency, you know, I think is complex because there's a lot of moving kind of pieces and targets to it. Um, but, you know, there's, there's so many individual variables that you have to kind of account for. So it can be tough. So leaning on your coaches and watching your movement pattern, again, just understanding yourself and, and individual movements plays a big role in in looking at whether or not you're able to progress or add more intensity or whatever the case may be to that movement. Um, And that kind of leads to the last part of the hierarchy, which is intensity. 
So again, everyone, when they think of CrossFit, they think of intensity. And Megs, what would you say are the major factors that influence intensity? Well, I think the big piece too is not just does everyone think of CrossFit as intensity, but I think we also don't think of intensity correctly. So most of us intend, like generally think of intensity as, you know, speed and like the line on the floor and the high heart rate and everything's like pounding. And it's kind of like that, you know, like that piece um, Mm -hmm. where you almost can't get comfortable after a workout. Um, So, but really, truly, if we look at what is intensity and what factors go to play in it it has to do with loading the amount of reps speed is definitely still part of it or time Um, and then the level and skill level of that movement so it's not i can create intensity by going heavier once i've got my mechanics my consistently sound that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm going like you know a ton of miles a minute but I'm still mm-hmm. creating intensity for that. Just like I can, you know, crush burpees for time and go as hard as possible and create intensity that way. It's going to be two very different versions, but still intensity. Right. And I think for members listening, like rely on your coach for this. I'm sure most most people lift, listening have had a coach come up to them and tell them to do a, whatever the workout is a little bit of a different way or reduce rate or, or weight or increase weight on a certain, you know, movement so that because they know the, the level of intensity that they want you working at and what's going to be required in order for you to reach that. It's hard to understand that yourself. And we know as coaches that individual progression timelines is different for everyone right? And it takes, you know, we need a lot of data sets to kind of get a really good understanding of how to push someone, when to push someone on certain things. Um, so relying on your coaches is important, but it's also just because the guy next to you's decided to go up and wait doesn't mean that it's time for you to go up and wait because everyone's progression is going to be a little bit different. Totally. Progression is different and level of intensity is different because you and I can hit the same workout and one of us could hit it, you know, faster and it'd be really, really intense for me where I'm at. And for you, you could kind of be like, eh, <laughs> it's just a good time. Sure. Right. And I think, you know, I think one of the major things that we want people to take away from this, and you mentioned it earlier, the idea of kind of perfect movement, like there needs to be an understanding and we're very aware of it that as intensity increases, movement mechanics degrade. It's just, yes. it's just natural, right? It's impossible to hold perfect movement mechanics when your heart rate gets up to 180. And so we look at it as if it's a movement less than perfect versus unsafe. Those are two different things. So while you might not be completing a movement, you know, completely perfect in a class, especially in the third round after, you know, a million burpees. Um, We understand that and what we're looking for at that point, what you should be aware of is more of like the safety precautions with it and balancing your imperfect kind of mechanics at a high heart rate with the intensity that you're trying to move at. Totally. I mean, that would be, that's something that I would say 
people may not always recognize or realize is happening in a CrossFit class at 416 while the coaches are walking around because, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting into like the nitty gritty of the workout. We might be still trying to encourage people giving you, you know, a shout out or whatever to push you to keep going. But we're also scanning for that, you know, is this less than perfect, but we're okay. Or is this unsafe and we need to like do something to intervene to try and help this person, you know, make sure that they aren't going to get injured. Right. So what is that line? So how do we improve people's, you know, intensity or how do we improve their fitness? And, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what's called threshold training. So you're kind of working to your capacity without going over. If you go over, you fail, that might actually regress your, your fitness, regress your training. So as coaches, we try to watch for that. Okay. And, you know, what we're looking for in order to help members progress you know, there's a few things. Number one is adherence to sound mechanics as best you can, even under high heart rate. Um, there's overall kind of capacity to complete, you know, movements and workouts. And then the last thing is your responsiveness to cues, because coaching is meant to help people move better, move more effectively, move more efficiently. But if the person receiving the information isn't then applying that information to their movement, that actually is kind of like a red flag in in having someone or pushing someone to um, either lift more weight or try a different movement progression, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes people might wonder if when I yell, squeeze your butt, if I'm just saying it because I'm just saying it, but generally it actually has like an impact. And if people do it while I yell it, I can literally watch improvements on movement mechanics, you know, even deep into a pain cave workout. Right. So if we pull this, if we pull this back a little bit, you know, there's really, you know, two, two sections of people that, that we should be talking to. The first is kind of new members. And, you know, the advice I give with this hierarchy is when you come and start at the gym, you start the CrossFit journey, your dedication to this hierarchy from the outset is really going to um, be the main factor in whether or not you're going to accelerate your fitness improvement or not. Um, And so you want to kind of look at this as, you know, coming in with eyes wide open, you know, you have to leave your ego at the door. You know, some people come from an athletic background where everything was high competition and that is not something that happens when they first start, right? They try Mm -hmm. to push as hard as possible. They, you know, go back to old habits where they were taught how to deadlift with a rounded back or whatever the case may be. Um, But if if you as a new member can come in and dedicate yourself to this hierarchy and learning the movement patterns and progressions with as much kind of dedication as possible, um, then you're gonna you're gonna elevate your fitness pretty quickly. And then there's kind of experienced members, so people that have been doing CrossFit for a little bit, a, a while. Some have been doing it for a very very long time. It's your ability to to look at where you're at and pull yourself back into the learning phase. Okay, the beauty about CrossFit is there's so many things to work on. There's always a challenge, but you, you know, it's one of those things where you have to look at at yourself and say, okay, 
I'm not progressing in this. I need to pull myself back to the learning phase and consider everything more of a lifelong pursuit to benefit my overall fitness or even in my improvement in, in the workouts. Because if I can go back and learn how to do movement X, then I know that when that shows up in the workout, I'm going to be that much better um, in that workout. Would you say you would think that this is harder to do for a more experienced long-time member? A thousand percent. No. I, think it's, I think it's one of the hardest things to do. I think it's one of the most challenging parts about CrossFit. hundred percent. It's, it's that slowdown. It's the like letting go of the leaderboard where you might be on the top to actually like correct things that you do in your mechanics that will result in a better efficiency in the long run, but don't always hit right away. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think it's leaderboard. I think it's, it's your willingness to endure pain, mm. right? Because what you're doing in a workout, if there's something in that workout that you're not very good at it, you're going to find the easy way out of it, right? You're, gonna, mm. you're not going to grind through most people. I'm not going to pigeonhole everyone. But most people aren't going to grind through a, oh, I'm trying to get better at this. I need to slow myself down and do the pull-ups one perfect rep at a time versus, you know, doing shitty butterfly pull-ups that don't really look like real pull-ups. Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's like, yep. and that, that's a painful pursuit, right? That's, that's an ego-busting pursuit. And so someone's willingness to kind of go through that is really what, what I'm talking about here. And if you do that, you will, in the long run, be much better. Instead of, you know, trying to hide from the things that you're not good at. Because people are always going to, you know, they're always going to try to do the things that they're good at. It's just cherry pick those workouts. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's very interesting. It is something, it's hard to stomach for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, if you want to improve faster, you have to follow that hierarchy. So on that note, Megs, if you were to think of, you know, how can you actually look at the hierarchy and then, you know, include it in your training. What are the best ways that we can start following this hierarchy um, in order to improve our fitness and our movement mechanics? Well, I think step one ends up going straight into, you know, being on top of that when it comes to class. So take the strength and skill portions of class more seriously um, and actually warm up as a whole. So warm-ups, even a general warm-up generally has movement mechanics that are trying to prep you for later on. Um, a more specific warm-up will do the same, you know, and we'll build through progressions. Um, so, but actually taking the time to focus and don't skip those reps, focus on that movement, pay attention to the muscle groups that the coach is talking about um, and making those like nice and clean, consistent, full mechanics. Like that's your opportunity to really kind of like zone into that so i think the first step is that in class it's focusing in on those pieces and and taking that one piece at a time and letting that bleed into the workout once we get that three two one go um if you haven't done it well in warm-up you're probably not doing it well um, right. in the workout 
right? It, it, it just kind of translates all the way through. So that's going to be, that's going to be step one. Um, it's planned out, it's thought out, the coaches are on it. Um, the next would be to look at asking a coach at what you can do to help improve that one thing that you're looking for working on. If they have a cue for you during class, then maybe you're also grabbing them quick after class and just saying like, hey, do you have something else in mind that you think would help this? Um, we have open gym on the weekends. You can go in and practice. Practice ends up being your number one game changer when it comes to getting good movement mechanics and then consistent movement mechanics. You're going to do it over and over again a lot um, and then do it more. <laughs> so it just never stops so those will be like kind of your first kind of two pieces now if you're totally ready to take it up a notch then you know and what we've seen happen is our hybrid memberships which is you know skill sessions or uh, PT time time with a trainer that we have that is where we've also seen people really zone in and get some very one-on-one -on -one individualized coaching um, and progress a lot faster in through different skills and movement patterns. Right. I think the mindset that you're talking about or in general is movement is a skill, right? And in order to improve on a skill, you have to practice that skill, right? Playing guitar is a skill. If you don't practice, you're not going to get better. And it's not just about coming in and sweating. A lot of the movements that you do, you know, aren't necessarily ingrained in you naturally. And so you have to wire your brain to understand how to do them effectively and efficiently. And that's done not through speed. That's done through slow, deliberate practice of a movement pattern. And that's going to be best accomplished with a coach's eyes helping you do that. 100%. Even coaches need coaches. You got it. So that was our, you know, very educational episode <laughs> number two, you know, one of the CrossFit frameworks or hierarchies, mechanics, consistency and mechanics and intensity. I hope you guys took a lot from that. Um, if there's, again, if there's anything that you guys want us to talk about, shoot us a message or let us know at the gym when we're walking by um, and we'll put it on our list and try to try to create an episode about it. Um, but before we go, Megs, what is happening at 416 in the next couple of weeks? Big, exciting week next week because we have an entire week of bring a friend week. So um, to our members, bring a friend, come and do a workout. They can do a free class with you all next week. Uh, we got some sweet prizes in order to, uh, you know, entice you just a oh, little yeah. more as if working out with a friend wasn't good enough. You know, we also will enter you into win some sweet prizes. If you bring a friend next week, Dan, you want to talk about the, the prizes? Yeah, we have an amazing Yeti cooler that I'm very jealous of. I really, really want one. Um, so you guys have a chance to win a Yeti cooler. You have a chance to win a one liter Yeti water bottle, 416 colors. It's really and nice. you have a chance, yeah. And you have a <laughs> chance to win a RPM speed rope as well, so that you can crush your double unders. Double unders are a skill, right? Yes, they are. And so, if you got the right equipment, you get that right equipment, maybe it'll help improve your your skill. Yeah, those those RPM ropes are a smooth, smooth jump for sure. Cool. So yeah, guys, we got Bring a Friend Week next week. Check our Instagram stories and the signs around the gym to get your friends 
signed up to come into class with you and throw down, um, and you'll get entered into the draw. Other than that, that is episode number two. We hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a long one. Oh my God, almost 40 minutes. We promised we'd keep these under 20, I think, but there you go. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll catch you next week.